You're listening to The Omni Show. Get to know the people and stories behind the Omni Group's award-winning productivity apps for Mac and iOS. Music! I'm your host, Brent Simmons. In the studio with me today is Aaron Bendixson, System Administrator at the Omni Group. Say hello, Aaron. Hello, Aaron. So at Omni, we're very lucky because we are super rich in errands. We have a whole bunch of errands. Well, we have three errands. We've got two Tims, got a couple Derricks, but errands, that's where we rule. I'm going to call you Hank Aaron just oh, okay. to differentiate you. All right. That way you'll be known as the home run king. Oh, great. Yeah. That'd be okay? That, that, yeah. Okay. Roll with it, man. <laughs> cool. All right. But while I have you here, here's a question that's really on my mind. So on my laptop... Um, uh, is connected to a monitor and an external hard drive and stuff. And I disconnect it frequently to go do things. And I always get that message um, about the disk not being ejected properly. Oh, yeah. Now, between you and me, I think that's probably bogus. So give it to me straight. Can I just well, ignore that? Well, how much do you know about journal file systems? About what? Yeah, exactly. I would say, um, you know, nine times out of ten, you're probably going to be okay. But it's that one time that'll mm. get you. Seems and you have you have good backups, right? It is the backup. Oh, of course, it is the backup. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Let's, I guess that's uh, why they pay you the big bucks. Yeah, we should talk about things. remote backup. <laughs> that's probably not a bad idea. Of course, everything's in a repository, so it is. Yeah, remotely backed up or IMAP or whatever. Yeah. Omni syncing service, for instance. Anyway, so your system administrator. Uh, is your job mostly like office space? Uh, what do you do all day? Um, there are definitely some parts of it that make me feel like office space. My uh-huh. my relationship with uh, printers was largely influenced by that movie. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And telephones to some extent. Telephones. Yeah. No, no kidding. Um, but, yeah, you know, uh, as a system administrator, we're kind of in charge of everything that uh, is not on your desk. Hmm. So, um, got to keep the email flowing and the web servers running and the chat chatting and the phones the spice ringing. spice must flow. Yeah, uh, the spice must flow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was an email today about the doors. You're yes, the doors. the doors somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you would think repositories. You, you yeah. would think that the doors would be pretty self-sufficient, but no. No, not They've, these days. Uh, no, and not at Omni. We have, a, we have a history with doors, in fact. <laughs> then there was the... Uh, thing with uh we have like a movie room right uh, auditorium kind of like a small cinema big enough to fit our 60 some people it's yeah. super nice there was a problem there too and i bet that was yours yeah well that's a little different because it's a vendor okay uh, yes it's in our lap to uh coordinate with that vendor and tell them what's going on and have them come and fix it for us when we have a problem mm. um, so it's some stuff we build in-house and some stuff we hire out um, we do a little more hiring out than we used to. Okay. When, when I started, it was we did it all, did it all ourselves, mm. everything running on a Power Mac in the basement <laughs> on a T1 line. Uh, yeah, wow. So um, during Ainsley's show uh, a few weeks ago, she mentioned a thing about Omni Bug Zapper and how one day someone tested it by putting an emoji in the title and it brought down the system for everybody. Yeah. 
Yeah. How did you fix that? Uh, I asked Ken to fix it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so part of your job is knowing who to talk yes, to. Yes, really. that's definitely. Yeah. And one of yeah. the nice things about being in my position at a place like Omni is you're surrounded by a lot of people who are smarter than you. So hmm. that helps. I, I found that to be true for myself, certainly. Yeah. 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 I, I think it had to do with removing a, the... Um, particular row from the database that had was causing the problem oh okay um, but yeah didn't have to bring the vendor in or no. anything it's well in that case i did because i think ken built that system so yeah of course he did <laughs> of course he did of course he did <laughs> i'm amazed sometimes that we use anything from outside at all but of course we do yeah, yeah. you have to i mean yeah yeah we don't sell our own brand of computers and operating systems after all so you've got yeah you mentioned chat repos our intranet we have like a this whole thing we call guidebook. Yeah. Just all kinds of stuff. And, you know, all the things you don't think about, too, like the network switches, the firewalls, the routers. Oh, right. The, sure. Yeah. The Wi-Fi, all that stuff. Man, I don't envy you at all. Yeah. All I have to do is sit here and talk in front of a microphone. My job's easy. But our listeners might be interested in the, the syncing system that uh, yeah. OmniFocus and the various apps use. So that falls under systems administration. Yeah. Not just me, but a lot of people mm-hmm. at Omni. Of course, I'm the one whose phone will wake me up in the middle of the night if it goes off. Lucky you. Yeah. But uh, that's something that we uh, rolled out uh, many years ago now to help synchronize data between people's iOS devices and their Macs and make sure they can stay up to date with their OmniFocus stuff. It was kind of a new thing for Omni because we didn't really provide any services like that Mm -hmm. as part of our products. But the benefit was, was there, so we went with it. It's evolved over time, but it seems to be in a pretty good place right now. Yeah. Uh, we got any wood around here I can knock on? <laughs> yeah, here, knock on my head. Um, one of the things that impressed me about that, even before I came to Omni, is that we were basing our syncing on WebDAV, mm-hmm. which is just a standard, mm-hmm. and it comes like with Apache and whatever else, and you can set up a server, a WebDAV server. Almost anybody can yeah. fairly easily, and we've so instead of building a complex backend with a whatever MySQL database or something, we, we just said, yeah, it's web dev. I like that. I don't mean this pejoratively, but it's a low-tech solution, which I think is smart. Yeah, and I think that that's uh, kind of imbued in the, the company culture. It's like trying to right-size your mm-hmm. solutions. Mm-hmm. And I know that also it was part of the vision for the syncing service that it should be able to be run by other people it should be like the the back end of it should be if you needed to have your own mm-hmm. um, that as long as it speaks this standardized uh, language then you're going to be fine yeah we didn't want to own all of it we wanted to give customers options yeah and that's such a cool thing you know i i have actually set up omnifocus to sync with my own web dev server just for testing purposes yeah. but it was easy i went in clicked a few buttons i have web dev put in the right info and it just totally worked yeah i'm like Man, that's cool. Have you had to build much on top of that, like uh, monitoring? Or... Yeah, we have um, all of the pieces that go into like account creation and setup that got written mm-hmm. all in-house. And, of course, that runs on its own little web server and keep track of all of our users and their logins and all that stuff in the database. And we replicate that just in case there's a problem. Okay. All of the glue that we yeah. have to build on top of it. And then, of course, like any system, you have monitoring and Mm-hmm. Trending, you can watch, you know, kind of like what the uh, usage is like over time. Oh, okay, you know, well, that makes sense. Stuff like that. Are people syncing or not syncing? Are, yeah. Well, if they're know. not syncing, we will know about it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Do we have a favorite operating system we run this stuff on? Well, we started everything on OS X because that's mm-hmm. just what we had at the time. But then we've been moving more to more of a BSD, FreeBSD-based okay. for the back-end servers. We like BSD for its security, for its ease it's of security. administration. It's also, the, in a lot of ways, it uh, shares some... It's like a cousin to OS X. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Closer than Linux. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's what we had kind of the most in-house knowledge about at the time, so that's mm-hmm. what we went with. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Now, the most interesting part of your job, I think, though to you it's probably almost nothing, is management of the robots. Oh, yes. <laughs> we have robots. So We have robots here. <laughs> so uh, listeners may not know what I'm talking about. So Omni has uh, always been an everybody-works-on-site company. Only recently have we allowed for uh, a few remote employees. And so we have these two robots. Now, they're not technically robots, I suppose, but they're telepresence robots. So it's like um, it's like a display where you can see the person, and that display is on a kind of a stalk, and then there's a base with wheels, and yeah. they can drive it around and everything. And yeah. We have two of those, and, uh, of course, those fall under Aaron's uh, purview as well. Yeah. The robots, we actually, I think we kind of, stumbled into owning robots accidentally as you do, as you, do. Um, <laughs> you know the like the company credit card had reams and reams of uh, amazon points and so i think the decision was made to oh let's just get a robot right and and now, so omni right yeah there. so let's there just you go. get a robot yeah. but now people can use and we do have now employees who are full-time remote mm-hmm. uh, so that gives them an option for attending the company meeting or a team meeting that they may be in they just log into the robots, one of them, and wheel it down the hall. Mm-hmm. There's two speeds. You have to master the slow speed before you can <laughs> kick it into high gear. Not like the high gear is very quick uh, at all. Yeah, yeah. We we are a two story company, and the robots are housed on the bottom of the two stories. So there is the issue with every company meeting. We have those every Tuesday. Somehow the robots have to get upstairs. Yeah, and they are not like R two no. or Daleks. They can't actually levitate yeah i have or, on occasion carried one but they also just take the elevator yeah no. with help because with they help. can't press yep. any buttons if they had well at one point i think we had some uh plungers yes we did taped yeah. to them and right. there was talk about robot jousting mm-hmm. um i don't think that ever really panned out but, one of these days yeah. so you've been at omni for how long um well almost almost 11 years 11 years 11 years this may wow so a lot of people I've asked how they got here, and they've answered, almost mind-boggling to me, but it makes sense. So they got here via Craigslist ad. Are you another of those Craigslisters? I, I would be, yes. Wow. I answered a Craigslist ad. That's amazing. And that's how I showed up here. I was actually working as a system administrator for another company at the time, and uh, one of the things we needed to do was to hire some more people to help me. And so at I, this other company? At this other company. So I said... And it's my job to write the job description. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I figured, well, the best thing to do if I'm trying to figure out what a Craigslist job ad looks like is just go read some. Sure enough, there was Omni. I mm. said, hmm, maybe I want to do that instead. <laughs> instead of writing this ad. <laughs> instead of writing this ad. <laughs> just answer this one. Yeah. So, so what would you end up doing? you take a day off from work yeah. or just leave your job entirely? No, I had to – Send in the email and then wait a period of time. And then mm-hmm, sure. they wrote me back and set up an interview and had to take day off. And I was living in Tacoma at the time, uh, which is about 45 miles away from Seattle. So mm-hmm. I had to drive up here and uh, do the interview. And um, it took most of the day. And, of course, while I was in the interview, 
the uh, monitoring that I had set up for my other job notified me that the mail server had uh, lost a disk. So <laughs> as went, you're in the interview. As I'm in the interview. <laughs> so I'm... <laughs> finished the interview, drove back to Tacoma, and spent the rest of the evening rebuilding that server. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And thinking to yourself, wow, I really hope I get this yeah. new job. Because <laughs> I can rebuild servers at Omni. Yeah. <laughs> so you grew up in Missoula. Uh, yeah. Yes, I did. College town. Now, I've never visited, but I've always wanted to since in college, in some, I think, geology class, it talked about how Missoula was like a giant... Giant lake, giant reservoir of water of some yeah. kind. Yeah. That lake. suddenly opened one day and all the water ran to the Pacific coast, leaving yeah. giant gashes in the Washington state. Yeah, Lake Missoula. That was what okay. they called it, apparently. Yeah. It was a glacier, I think. Now, this was before you lived there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Quite a while before. <laughs> yeah, that's part of part of the history of that part of the country. Missoula itself is is in what you know would have been in the lake bed and uh, is just surrounded kind of on all sides by mountains. Hmm. Glacier plugged up a river and just backed up and backed up and backed up. Wow. Yeah. Is it pretty there? It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. Seattle is is beautiful in the uh in the summertime when mm-hmm. the sun's out, but Missoula yeah. We yeah. we try to go back every year. Oh, that's cool. A lot lot of family there? Yeah, my my parents still live there. Yeah, okay. Did you go to school there? No, it's actually. Town, so, yeah, yeah, well I did. I spent one year at University of Montana, but then mm-hmm. I went to uh, college on the East Coast. Went to Berkeley College of Music. Ah, fancy. Yeah. It was the only thing I knew how to do was play my guitar. So. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty much true for me at that age, too. Yeah, I could play my guitar. It's certainly the only thing I wanted to do at yes, the time. right. How was Berkeley? It was good. It was, uh, it was quite an experience. You know, when you grow up in a small town in western Montana and are relatively proficient at the guitar, you kind of feel pretty good about yourself, make a name for yourself in town and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And then you go and get to see what real actual world-class musicians are, oh, yeah, are like. Right. <laughs> it's a little humbling. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. Uh, no, I was great. I love Boston. I had a good time there. Well, what kind of music did you like to play or study? Um, I studied, studied um, songwriting and, and uh, film scoring. Okay. Um, so songwriting, like, like popular song kind yeah, of thing? Yeah. We would write, I guess, you know, you call it, Americana rock or, right, okay. you know, that kind of thing. Nowadays, I would call it dad rock because that's yes, right, <laughs> having course. three kids now. Right. That's kind of what it is. It should always have been called that. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. So when you were studying music, were computers much a part of that yet? So I was there in the mid-90s. Okay. And obviously there was an established technology of Macs and Pro Tools and all of these PCI cards they would use to capture digital data they also had like these eight track digital recorders that would record onto vhs tape um wow, yeah really? and uh-huh. all these you know, time code syncing systems for mm-hmm. syncing up with the movie um, oh, okay. reels and stuff like that it's part of probably how i got started in doing systems administration is just you have to make all these different pieces work together mm-hmm. uh, oh, okay. in order to get your recording going so it's kind of like a lot of that debugging kind of reverse engineering, figuring out what the problem is, oh, trying sure, to right. put it back together. I have often thought that there are kind of a couple of inclinations in system administrators. You're either kind of an architect or you're a mechanic, mm-hmm. and a little bit of both. But I definitely side more on the mechanic side. So okay. Take stuff apart, put it back together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You're practical. You're solving problems. I try to be. Yeah, right. Yeah, that makes sense. When I was in college, computers were basically not a part of anything. Yeah. I mean, it was a small computer lab at school, and I don't think I touched a computer yeah. for all of my years at school. Yeah, by the time I was leaving uh, college, they were just getting internet at the dorms, and mm-hmm. everybody was getting an email address and all oh, that kind wow. of thing. Oh, and then, great. of course, whenever it was that GarageBand came out, mm-hmm. you know, early 2000s, and that yeah. was just mind-blowing. Oh, I'm sure. Huh? Compared yeah. to the technology that we were using yeah. at the time. So did you grow up with Macs? Um, not really. I, you know, we had them in school. Uh-huh. Um, I think first exposure to computers is probably Commodore 64, you know, uh, in yes, grade school, classic, yeah. making the little turtle mm-hmm. run around and draw Line shapes to move and circle to... forever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Fill up the entire screen. Yeah. <laughs> then we had, you know, Apple II, Apple IIe in uh, oh, yeah. elementary school oh, okay. you know, on from there. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But we didn't have them at home. Always wanted one. but Yeah. Weren't raised on Windows, though, at least. Uh, well, you know, it was my dad is a, an accountant, and so he, he always had the IBM machine, but it was DOS at that point. So, oh, right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I remember the uh, VisiCalc and Lotus 123 and everything on DOS. Yeah. WordPerfect and everything. Yeah, WordPerfect. Yeah. And, and the ads for those things would always tout their user friendliness. And of course, looking back on that, that just seems insane. Yeah. But for the day, they they it were advances yeah. over what was. It wasn't so. too bad, you know. Yeah. I was able to navigate my way around it. All right. Did your dad let you play games on his machine? Uh, we did. Yeah. I don't, you know, let might be a little too generous. Right, right. Games happened. Yeah, games happened. Tetris, a lot of Mech Warrior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did you get your first Mac? Um, not until college, and in fact, I uh, remember when I got to college, and they had the. The college bookstore where you could buy computers at a discount. Oh yeah, you know, right. A hundred dollars maybe that mm. was the discount. But mm. I was so excited, and so I bought a uh, Power Mac uh, sixty one hundred with a uh, DOS compatibility card. Oh, that was a big yeah. deal because right. I wanted to play X Wing. A lot of video game influence. <laughs> I'm realizing here. Mm. Not uncommon. <laughs> yeah, but even that sixty one hundred. That was Power PC. Right? Power PC. Yeah. yeah. Right. I remember I had to take it apart because. The onboard RAM and the DOS compatibility card wasn't enough uh-huh. to successfully play the game. There you are. And future I, so, system, yeah, man. I hadn't had to go down to whatever the computer store was at the time and pay probably $300 for eight megs of RAM. Wow. Yeah. So after college, what'd you do? Um, after college, I moved back to Tacoma. Um, my brothers were going to school out here, so I wanted to be around them because mm-hmm. we would do music together. So. Moved That's out cool. here. Are you the Bee Gees? Uh, people the, would the Benjis? compared us to like the Hanson brothers probably at okay. the time. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'd been doing music together for a long time and moved back out here. Again, didn't know what else to do with myself. Sure. So yeah. Wow. Was unemployed for a few months. That, that was kind of a shock to the system. I hadn't mm, really yeah. been through that before. And finally ended up getting a job directing music at a church. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, so is that like choosing the hymns, direct, conducting the yeah, choir? It was I the, mean, the contemporary music. So oh, it's like okay. the, the band. Uh-huh. You know, oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. And uh, a little church and university place and started doing that, did that for a few years. And I bet you wish you had a giant pipe organ, though. We did have a giant pipe did organ. Did you? Yes. And in fact, Sweet. it was a, you know it was one of the more traditional churches, mainstream mm-hmm. 
Presbyterian church, and they had a, we had a really pretty progressive at the time worship band. So that was a lot okay. of fun. And we tried to integrate both when we could. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. That sounds cool. I'm sure highly lucrative as well. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think I saw something on the online the other day. One of the postings that said, Doc Brown and Marty. Marty, I just got back from the year 2050. Musicians are still paid $100 a gig. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I I did that for a few years, and I, I really had a lot of fun um, with that job, but I just had to grow up and get a real job that I could afford to pay my bills and had a lot of debt from college. Oh, yeah, um, sure. So I ended up... Berkeley, I'm guessing, isn't cheap. It, yeah, certainly. Yeah. It wasn't then, and I'm sure it's even less so yeah, now. But yeah. no I ended up getting an entry-level job at a um, biometric company in Tacoma, the fingerprint identification systems and that kind of thing. Hmm, okay. Uh, owned what, by the CIA? Yeah. No, it's uh, it's actually owned by a, a French company. It's like a big tech company, and they do oh, all kinds okay. of like airplanes and jets and military hardware and the thing. But they also apparently own this biometric oh, company. Okay. Is that Siemens? Uh, Sajim. Ah, okay. Sajim Morpho. And they located in Tacoma um, mm-hmm. because I believe that they got the contract to do the fingerprint identification in the uh, the jail. Okay. It was one of their first U.S. contracts, so mm. they headquartered the office there. Anyway, so I got... Because of the high crime rate in Tacoma? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tacoma people. Yeah, no. We mean no offense whatsoever. Um, so I got an uh, entry-level job there, just based on my charming personality, I guess, because I had no credentials and no experience. Mm. Mm. In fact, when I sat down the first day, they gave me a Unix book. Said, learn this. Uh oh. <laughs> so I picked it up, started reading. Oh, LS. Hmm, what does this do? <laughs> RM. Oh, what does that do? Hmm. RM slash. What is? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I everything kind of started at that point in terms of my Unix experience. I mm-hmm. was pretty experienced with just desktop Macs and that kind of thing. But sure. The server side stuff started there. So when you're not solving problems. Rumor is that you uh, quite like the pinball. Yeah. Yes, we uh, we play the pinballs. Uh-huh. Yeah, actually, actually, Seattle is kind of having a pinball renaissance. Well, a lot of the country is, but especially Seattle. Okay. Um, a lot of places around here to, to play pinball. In fact... I've been to Shorty's quite yeah, a few times. Yeah. yeah, now there's... You know, when I started getting into pinball probably a decade ago, um, Shorty's was it, pretty right, much, yeah. or a couple of dive bars. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to play a good pinball machine you kind of had to own one hmm. um, do you own one I, well as it happens i own six <laughs> six wow but the first one i got it was i actually won at a uh, pinball and arcade show that they okay. have every year uh, it used to be in seattle now it, they moved to the convention center in tacoma because of uh, seattle centers just didn't have enough space hmm. i was there at the show and they were having a raffle and i was just leaving as a, they were a raffle to win a pinball to win, machine. To win a pinball machine, cool. yeah. And um, I was just leaving at the time and going by the front desk there, and I could hear the guy on the uh, PA saying, "Hey, we just have two tickets left for the raffle, uh, the twenty dollar raffle." There's like hmm. it's, that's the expensive machine, and yeah. then they have kind of a less expensive machine for the one dollar raffle. Sure. And so, just almost on a whim, I decided to sign up and gave him my money, and I was going to meet my wife and kids to go out for dinner. And so I turned to the guy behind the desk and I said, so when I win, just call me. 
mm-hmm. and left. And about 20 minutes later, they called me. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's a good 20 bucks you spent yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah. Was, wow. first, kind of first shot out of the gun right there. Uh, what, what was the machine? Uh, it's called Whitewater. Whitewater, yeah, okay. It's a, kind of a rafting-themed mm-hmm. uh, pinball from the, from the 90s. Pinball designers are famous in their industry. Who, who designed this one? Uh, yeah, so that's another part of it is I got to actually meet the designer of this game. He was way, he was the guy that did the the drawing oh, at the cool. raffle, uh-huh. and uh, they of course called my name and I wasn't there. Right. But this was a don't have to be present to win. That's part of so what the that, twenty bucks gets you. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the limousine uh, service there. Yeah, yeah. So then they called me. We were at the restaurant at the time, and I said, "Okay, well, we'll be right there." So we had to. Fortunately, we hadn't ordered yet. And I oh, okay. said, I'm sorry, we have to leave. And went back and met uh, Dennis Nordman, is his name, and got a picture taken with him in the machine. And nice. It's kind of a, a big day, mm-hmm. red letter day yeah. in the Bendixson family. So, uh, do you play competitively? Yeah, you know, there um, it's quite a competitive scene mm-hmm. here in, in Seattle. I play in a monthly league that is hosted at people's houses. Because hmm. um, so many people actually own pinball yeah. machines now. Wow, yeah. That's cool. And again, when we started in 2009, there weren't locations mm-hmm. around. Uh, oh, you could okay. just do this kind of thing. So it had to be private collectors and in people's houses. Well, then as the scene started to kind of grow and grow and grow, now we have an additional a weekly league on Monday nights where 24 different locations have um, teams of 10 people. Okay. That represent that location, and then they play mm. each other across uh, divisions, and it's kind of set up like a football bracket. Oh, okay. You know? nice. And then they have playoffs. Do people have special T-shirts or yeah, uniforms? Absolutely. Or yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Our teams have they all have branded hats or T-shirts or uh-huh. sweatshirts or stuff like that. Well, what's your team? Uh, we're at a location called Coindexters. Coindexters. Which is a newer location. Okay. And we go by the Contras, which is not only a reference to uh, – uh, Admiral Poindexter mm-hmm. and his involvement with the Iran-Contra affair, wow. uh, but also the, uh, <laughs> I don't know, uh, this just came to me, but also mm-hmm. the uh, very awesome coin-op 80s uh, video game Contra. Oh, okay. Yeah. have to find that for the show notes. Yeah. It's <laughs> so when you're not pinballing, you're biking, yeah, bicycling. Try, try to, yeah. 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 So as a system man, do you... Uh, take that mechanical tinkering thing uh, to your bikes too. I assume you have to work on your pinball machine. Yeah, pinball machines definitely. The bikes. I got to draw the line somewhere. So we draw, we draw the lines at the bikes. Mm-hmm. And if there's a problem with the bike, I just take it to the shop because I. I really like that answer. Yeah, I think that's the best call. <laughs> well, for and transportation, it, that if it breaks could be dangerous. Yeah, and yeah. it helps that the shop is around the corner from my house. So, oh, cool. Yeah. And they know you on site yeah, by now, they do. surely. They do. So even when it's raining and whatever, bike in? Eh, probably a little less diehard about it than I used to be. You know, sometimes in the dead of winter, it's just freezing cold. And I'm just like, ah, oh, not today. <laughs> well, and especially if uh, my general rule is if I have to scrape ice off the windshield of my car to take my kids to school, I'm not biking. On that note, thanks, Aaron. How can people find you on the web? <laughs> well, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Ben R, which is B-E-N-A-A-R. Ben R. Ben R. Ben R. Um, yeah. I'd also like to thank our intrepid producer, whose birthday was yesterday, I think, Mark Bosco. Say happy birthday, Mark. Happy birthday, Mark. 
And especially, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you. Music. Thank you.